You are now tuned into a very special recording of the Conversation podcast. On the 18th of May, we celebrated one year of recording and held a live session event at the Curtin Hotel in Shoreditch. This is one of the amazing episodes that we recorded on the day, so we hope you enjoy. Hey guys, and welcome back to our next episode. Um, like Priscilla said, we are going to be talking about the millennial curse. Um, before we kind of kick it off, we'll just introduce ourselves so you can kind of see a little bit like where our point of view is coming from, I suppose. Mm. Um, so I am Robin, <laughs> yes. And um, yeah, I'm a presenter, I'm a host and a voiceover artist as well. Um, so yeah, I'm obviously Scottish. So I'm from Glasgow um, and been living in this big city for eight years now. So yeah, that's me. And we've got a wonderful panel for you today and I'm super excited to get in and about it. So tell us a little bit about you guys. Hi, I'm Lolly. I am a presenter, lots of different mediums. Actually have the pleasure of working with Robin. I know what can Like I twice every week, every single week. You win some, you lose some. Yeah, do you know what I mean? <laughs> Um, but I'm also a writer at Bustle. Yeah, just all over gin enthusiast as well. You know about yeah. that life, don't you? I mean, I don't, I'll be honest. <laughs> you do. <laughs> I don't, but I know about hers. <laughs> Hi, my name's Cheryl. I am an accountant, a presenter, and a social activist from Croydon. So you can see me um, out and about, a lot of events and things like that. <laughs> yeah. Hi, I'm Phaedra Pia. Um, I'm an artist, illustrator, graphic designer. Um, got a few side hustles like a true millennial um, <laughs> I've got a t-shirt brand as well called Creep Like Me it's all about the side hustle oh we'll get to that we will get to that for sure okay we've got a little bit of a nice breaker for you ladies um, and you guys as well if anyone knows any I want to know what is the worst headline that you have heard about millennials lately I love this question I've just found two really funny ones. Oh, gosh. I hate with them. Right. My first one is, millennials are killing the napkin industry. Sorry? First what? of all, I didn't really know there was a napkin industry. Like, I didn't know it, like, stretched that far. But okay. <laughs> We're doing some damage to them. I'm sorry. Like, I'm really sorry. Um, I found that one hilarious. And also, how millennials' lack of manners is killing class. Oh, wow. Like, That's that, an interesting that one, actually. That me a little bit, that one. I mean, that's because you think you're posh. I, or, I mean, you are posh. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> so you're just like... Depends who's asking, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. But the napkins, oh my gosh. We're getting the blame for everything. I know. Now. Oh, don't get me started. Good grief. What about you, Cheryl? Have you found anything good? I have. So um, the one that really kind of uh, got my goat was if millennials want to buy a home, they need to stop having avocado on toast. Because oh. clearly I'm two avocado and toasts away from buying my own home in London. We will never stop avocado on toast. Thanks for that. I mean, is it really bad that I had that this morning? I know. <laughs> yeah, maybe. That is quite bad. Um, but I Absolute don't think that's joke. the reason. Yeah, that's not. can't be the reason. I mean, it depends how often you have it, I suppose. Yeah. And it is way overpriced, can I just say? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what about you? Did you find anything? Yeah, so I found one similar to yours about how millennials were killing the mayonnaise industry. And <sighs> Good grief. I found that outrageous, but it's because I really love mayonnaise. So I felt a bit let <laughs> Did down you feel guilty? Generation. Yeah, I was like, get it together, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not let this go. Yeah, we can't please. let this go. I feel like I'm keeping the industry actually in mayonnaise. You and me. Yeah. Me and you together. So we can do this. Yeah. We can fight these millennials together. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> 
was popular in America, apparently. And there's this really? thing I about I mayonnaise. I don't know. What I, it is. I don't know why anyone would, would eat it. It tastes oh, like nothing. Here we go. There we go. <laughs> I know. I know, like Mona. Nothing. The posh people don't do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> we don't do it in my. End. I don't know. Watch mayonnaise and no tart like yeah. hollandaise. Definitely not. <laughs> Good grief. <laughs> oh dear. Well, we'll stick to our mayonnaise. And actually, I guess this kind of brings, actually, absolutely doesn't. I was going to be honest. I was going to say this brings me on to my new point, but it's nothing to do with mayonnaise, so it doesn't. Um, so what does a millennial mean to you guys? Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? And like, if someone says the word millennial, what do you think about? Right. So um, when I hear the term millennial, first of all, I am a millennial, uh, born in 1982. Um, I... I get quite frustrated, really. I think we're we're kind of the frustrated generation because we we're constantly told by the the baby boomers that we're not working hard enough. And when I was your age, I had this <laughs> and I had. That. Also, how do they know that we're not working Why hard enough? And it's like I just find it so patronising. It's of course we're blooming well working hard, but you know there's mm -hmm. there's factors against us here which mm. you know dictate that we can't necessarily be as ahead as you were at the same point in time. So yeah. I think we're definitely the frustrated generation. Yeah, absolutely. Well, for me, I actually didn't realise that I was a millennial until I started doing my research. <laughs> that definitely changed my opinion on them. Yeah. And a little bit more sympathy after that. Yes. But, um, <laughs> I just think, I think there's a real schism between, between millennials and, and the generation before. Like, millennials mm -hmm. are quite, quite similar to Gen Z. Yeah, um, that's the next generation. The next generation. Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. you know, very dissimilar to, to Gen X and the baby boomers. So I think mm -hmm. that's, you know, why they get such stick. It's kind of a bit of fear of the unknown. Yeah, definitely. I think it's like a, when people say it, they often say it with like negative connotations. Absolutely. So it's really weird. But what's really interesting is like throughout the whole of time, like older generations have always labeled younger generations like the wild ones, the ones who are yeah. unruly. Like think about like the summer of love in America. Like that generation were like the crazy ones. It was like, oh, women wanna like have unprotected sex. This is crazy. Like these people are mental. Like younger generations are always gonna thought of mm. be thought of as being unruly and you know just they were crazy in the 70s can yeah. I just say I mean we're far tamer good grief. Uh, honestly I was like looking at some of the stuff from the 70s like wow and I'm like really gosh <laughs> I'm like guys we've reigned it Free really yeah, yeah. pretty straight laced aren't we yeah we've reigned it right back in um it's funny because actually until maybe like I'd say the last few years I didn't really think being a millennial was a negative thing I actually yeah. was quite like proud of it. Like, yeah, I'm a millennial. I'm like the cool ones because like we're the, you know, like the youngest generation. Then the next one came. Mm. And um, yeah, so I didn't really think it was a, a bad thing at all. I was just like, oh, yeah, it is what it is. But now I think that as we've actually grown up, because if anyone doesn't know, I was actually quite surprised about this. Um, the age of a millennial is 23. Well, it's a bit debatable, but it's either 23 or 24 up to 38 which I was quite surprised at mm. because I really didn't think that it would be that wide. I don't know why, yeah, but I just that didn't. Is quite a large gap. I must admit, I did have to check like you did. Yeah. yeah. Hang on a minute. Yeah. Am I actually a millennial? Yeah. You and I are on the opposite ends of it. <laughs> yep. Sorry to reveal that to everyone. Good grief. That was, I was so like, rude. wow. We're I'm on the opposite ends. I'm old. I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> I was a bit deep from me, Gus. <laughs> I know. Well, she was like, I'm not a millennial. I was like, yes, you are. Yeah, like, yeah. You're one of us. Yes, you are. Like it or not. She, wanted to jump, she wanted to jump ship this I song. was like, I'm Gen Z. <laughs> no, you're not. But no, I'm not. 
Um, so obviously we are nicknamed as the entitled generation. Do we think that this is true or false? And what do we think about it? Um, I think I would say, personally, I would say false. Okay. I mean, I know a lot of people who are entitled, but is that like a generational thing? Is that something that's yeah. like pertaining to being a millennial? Like, I'm not sure. Um, personally, I think we are in a completely different situation to so many um, generations that have come before us. Mm. We aren't entitled in the sense that a great deal of us will never be able to, well, own houses. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. There's been a big shift in that. So in that sense, I don't think that we are entitled. Mm, fair enough. What do you ladies think? I, I completely understand that point and I agree with that point. When you look at, um, we talk about housing, I think that's the, the biggest thing that frustrates a lot of millennials. Um, I obviously touched on it before when you, you hear particularly the baby, baby boomer generation say that, well, at your age I had my own home and I had this and I had that. If you look at the comparison of taking, say, three years to save for a deposit in the 1980s, it would take the average millennial up to 19 years to <sighs> save for a deposit. And by the time you've got that, goodness knows how much more you're going to need for yourself. So yeah. without, obviously, wow. financial help from relatives or whatever, it's almost an impossibility. Mm. Um, I would say we, we're slightly entitled, only in that, and I'm, and I'm going to bring it, specifically to the housing situation. So when you're told that, oh, well, you know, you need to work harder or, well, if you choose to live in London, if you choose to live the London lifestyle, then you have to accept that you're going to be renting. You know, you could move to the shires, you could move somewhere in the middle of... The but certainly for myself, why should I? Yeah. I was born and raised in southeast London and I'm constantly told that if I ever want to own a home, I'm going to have to move to the other end of the country yeah. with no um, support network there. And, yeah. you know, that then touches on other things like mental health and stuff like that. So maybe in the sense of if people think that we're trying to get a fair shot at the dice in terms of being able to work the way that we do work. And I don't think it's too much to ask that we can own a home before yeah. the age of 50. So if that makes us entitled, well, hey, I'm entitled. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not asking for a handout. <laughs> um, so I do think there's a little bit of truth in it. I think it's like that kind of gold star mentality whereby, you know, at school, we're really told that that we can do anything. You know, you get a gold star for attendance and kind of Yeah, just be in it, there. Do you know what I mean? And you're like, they're like really? it's not winning, it's the taking part that matters. And oh. I don't know that it was always that, that yeah. slack before. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, we're like... Well, we're here, you know. Recently. Yeah, and, and that's kind of where, like, I sit. I'm a bit on the fence with it mm. because I do think that we are a little bit entitled. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, as a true millennial, I don't think it's our fault, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest. Um, but, yeah, I do think that we are a little bit entitled, like you say, because I do feel like in life, actually... Um, you, you don't you don't get a prize for taking part mm, in life exactly. and it's like you've kind of got to and it kind of goes back to mental health thing we've kind of got to find ways of kind of giving ourselves a prize mm. for kind of taking part to keep us going and yeah. it's a bit like you won't just wake up one day and be able to buy a house like that's not a thing yeah. and I don't know if I was just naive and thinking that like oh yeah but like by the time we get to that age like I'll be fine I'll just buy a house mm. then and because that's what people do when they get to my age and they just buy a house and here we are but I was like, oh, <laughs> I've got to that age now. 
And um, yeah, not bought a house and don't have any savings. I did not put my hands up to the savings question. And yeah, so I think that we are a little bit entitled. Um, I think I work very hard. I'm not saying that I don't. But equally, I do also know that the generation before us weren't as um, concerned about loving their job it was very much like you have to do your job because you have to earn money and that's what you do you like work to live exactly massive point whereas we're not like that and so I think that that is a little bit entitled because my mom definitely like my mom's like uh, okay well I mean you need money so you need to go out and get a job and I'm like yeah but don't really like love it (laughs) yeah and she's like okay hon well off you go do you know what I mean and she's got a point because you're like yeah it's like it's real life you've got to pay the bills you've got to kind of get on with that yeah um so I do think we are a little bit entitled but do I think to the point that we are like so entitled the way that it's put in the media then probably not no No, I don't know it's massive overkill in the media oh yeah absolutely and that actually um brings me to my next question because we are now the last generation to this might feel old the last generation to know life without social media I know that's crazy which is crazy to think that um yeah obviously in the west but um yeah, what do, what do we think of that? Do we think that this has um, opened up doors for us? Do we think that it's kind of cursed us because we're in the it's bridge? It's a bit of both, really. It's definitely like, um, especially for us in the creative industry, it's an excellent tool to be able to, I mean, when it's used correctly, yeah, right it's a, such an effective tool to promote your whatever you're doing um, through your social media sites. And then, you know, people can reach out to you because they've seen X, Y, and Z that you're posting. But also, it's just this, like, culture of just being sucked into... Also not feeling good enough, often, because you're constantly comparing yourself to other people on social media, which is incredibly unhealthy. Like, there's this new show that's come out. It's called Years and Years. I think Russell Tovey's in it. Mm. And it's set, like in the not too distant future, which is pretty crazy. And there's this one scene where this daughter is talking to her parents and she has um, like the doggy Snapchat filter in like real life. And they're like, can you take it off? Can you take it off? If you want to have a conversation with us, can you take it off? And she's like, no, no. And she's like just putting all these filters on. And I'm like, wow, like that is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like probably really on its way. Yeah. (laughs) Which scares me even more. What do you think? Um, I mean, quite up for the doggy filter in real life. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't Love cute, it. though. It was not <laughs> cute. I find yeah. them hideous. <laughs> Scrap that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's quite scary to think mm. what what a generation raised on social media will look like. Mm. I mean, in my mind, it's some kind of, like, mutant generation, like, glued to their phone. Um, but it's, it's hard to gauge because for the... For the duration of my career, I've done it on social media. You know, mm-hmm. I can't can't imagine what it would be like um, not to have that. So I do see it as a as a positive. But then, you know, obviously there's the pitfalls. Um, if I sit down to try and watch a movie with my little brother and sister, all three of us are glued to our phones. You know, not yeah. really paying attention. Yeah. Yeah. And I can only imagine that tenfold. You know, yeah. if you've never known a life without it so it's yeah. it's really hard to to gauge what that will look like it's interesting you said about that you know your younger brother and sister when I think of my young cousins they're 14 and I was chatting to them and they were saying yeah our generation spend more time on our phones we look at more YouTube videos than we do actually watch TV 
Um, and on the slightly older scale of the, the millennials, um, I can definitely remember when we didn't have it. Mm -hmm. And um, I think in a way it makes us a little bit more grounded mm. because I knew what it was like before. I understand that a lot of the stuff that you see on social media, it's the you know, it's a bit like when you come out of a reality TV show and they give you your highlights or your best bits. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, it takes a lot. Some people do put themselves out there and I try to be as authentic as I can if I'm having a bad day or whatever, I'll put myself out there and I'll tell people about what's going on. But on the whole, you know that it's very much glossed over. So I think when I see certain things, particularly news stories and things like that, you can kind yeah. of spot the fake news and the propaganda and things like that. Mm. And whereas I would probably look at something like that, have a smile, roll my eyes and move on. The, the generation below us, are like totally yeah. they just get immersed in it. Yeah. Yeah. And they jump on things. Definitely. And they get, yeah, yeah. So That's it, so interesting that you've seen it both ways. Oh, yeah. I don't necessarily think I have because, well, I'm 24. You're quite young. So <laughs> bless you. you must <laughs> I'm really mature, though. Um, <laughs> of course. I mean. <laughs> but me and my friends were, like, um, having a laugh last night. We were like, imagine sitting down at the television to watch something at a specific time, like a specific show at a specific time. Yeah. Like, just watch it on 7.30 EastEnders. Yeah, like... <laughs> Couldn't answer the phone. If anybody called, you didn't answer the phone because, yeah. That is just a life I just don't know about. You just pause it, take the phone call, and you're back to watching it. Like, I'm all good. <laughs> but I think it's interesting because I almost feel like, I was a bit controversial, but I almost feel like the generation below us are actually um, in a, like, a kind of more beneficial situation because they don't know life without it. Yeah. So they have nothing to compare it to. Yeah. So I feel like for them, it's just, it's just like so the norm whereas I think back to like when I was just starting my career as like a dancer and I was like 17 18 now I only got Instagram in like my second year of college so like I'd already moved to a brand new city on my own I'd kind of already felt like I kind of had lived like I don't know like a good three or four years kind of you know turning into an adult without social media and I feel like because of that then I look back at that time and think I whenever I think about the time where I was most content I think of that time yeah, yeah and definitely. I'm always like gosh this is strange I wonder why it's so different because my life isn't all that different um so yeah I almost feel like they're in a better situation because they oh, yeah, don't definitely. know any different yeah. um whereas for us we're all we're like the old people now that are like oh back in my I day think it's harder for their mental health though the fact that yeah. they don't know any different and they think that this is the norm they think it's okay to feel like you have to keep up with the Joneses that yeah. there's a lot more pressure on things like that I, I, yeah. it's difficult though. I worry for them mm. yeah. look at things yeah. like suicide rates and mental health awareness for young kids mm. it's, it's, it's some worrying figures and I think that it does have an, a, a knock on effect I yeah. find it difficult with social media like I find Instagram to be very like anxiety inducing for me <laughs> like I cannot upload a photo on Instagram without Scott, Angus and Liv all saying yes to it. And like, in that time, there's maybe three or four filters going round. Like, because I just, I don't, in my mind, I don't know. Like, I might like a photo of myself and be like, I think I look really good there. I, I want to put this on Instagram. But then I also will get so anxious that I need that reassurance from like three people in my life to be like, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah it's weird, right? I mean, it's a bit weird, but it, in a weird way, it's actually very, very normal yeah. now, which is yeah. kind of the problem. Um, but yeah, whereas, yeah, and that's what I mean by like, when I look at like the younger generation and I like think about it and for them, it's just like, well, that's just what you do. 
Yeah. You know, like, well, well, no one's going to put a picture on Instagram without asking their friends, obviously. And I'm like, really? No one does that? Like, yeah, like, oh, oops, <laughs> I should maybe do that. Um, so, yeah, I, do, I don't know. That's why I think maybe... I know what you're saying, though. It's, oh, it's a double-edged sword. Mm. I feel like we could talk about it all day, social all day, media. All day, all night. All day, all night. Um, but I do actually want to go back to your point about the housing market. Oh. Um, because it is official, guys. We're the first generation to be... Yeah, worse broke. off, worse <laughs> off, than but our worse parents. off. Yeah, worse off than our parents. But then we still have the same benchmarks, yeah. um, and we still have the same, like when you're gonna buy a house, when you're gonna. So, do you think it's time to change those benchmarks, or do you think that they're good and that we just need to we just need live to, up to them? We need to expand because those benchmarks don't cater for a wider group in society. Mm. As in, like, it's a very, like, secular, like, minority who will be able to buy houses off the bat. Which is crazy. It's so crazy. Yeah. And when I was, like, say, 14, I was like, oh, like, when I'm, you know, before I'm 30, I'm going to buy a house, settle down. And, like, to be honest, probably not going to be my reality. I'm a freelance presenter. Like, hmm. Yeah. yeah. No. It's, it's so true. And also, I think what's kind of linked with these benchmarks, it's um, so not only the housing, but also the other questions as well. So when are you getting married? I mean, yeah. we're known as the generation that seem to be delaying yeah. motherhood also yeah. To, yeah. To, to a later age than, you know, say our, our parents would have done. But the frustrating thing that a lot of millennials I talk to, and, and I throw myself in this category as well, is that, well, we can't bloody well afford them. I know. Yeah. We're paying a half our salary and rent or living costs, yeah. you know, Okay, we could sit indoors and never go out, never go to, you know, have any social life whatsoever, but then that's going to have a knock-on effect. And what's the point? And what's the point in existing if you can't have something? And then, Mm. you know... Throwing, saying, throwing lots of children into the Yeah, exactly. Well. It's, it's difficult. I just looked at Scott when you said marriage. Like, when are we going to get married? Like, no. Oh, that poor boy. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Can I make any announcements? It's intrinsic, yeah. Bless him. <laughs> you ready? He's like, go away. No, he's glazing over. He's, yeah, it's like, he just woke up. Bless him. <laughs> so what do we think about the housing market then? Well, on the flip side to what you said about, Mm. um, you know, marriage and motherhood being prolonged, I actually have a lot of friends who are kind of rushing into moving in with their Mm -hmm. partner because it is the only way that they can afford to to buy a house with someone else. So on one hand, it's actually pulling that benchmark a little bit closer. Mm -hmm. Um, But then the Not necessarily for the right reasons, though, because people are in bad situations, but it's like, well, he pays the bills, it helps. Well, exactly that. And then there's, you know, the fallout of splitting all your assets. And yes. yeah. 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 So Then it just gets messy. Very messy. Neg- <laughs> negative equity, selling houses, dividing property. Oh, please. Yeah. I feel like you know your stuff. Yeah. I know about it. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I know. I've been there. Yeah. Um, so in terms of relationships, um, the generation before us, um, they have, which is quite scary, 50% um, I was going to say survival, but that's extreme. Success rate for marriages. Um, I think survival is. I know, but I guess survival is. Well, some days. Survival. What is this bare grills? Bloody hell. But yeah, so they have a 50% success rate for marriages, which is crazy. Um, And now the percentage is actually um, going up, which is interesting. So our generation um, are basically getting divorced less. Um, but why do we think that is? Do you think it's because they're not getting Cause married? They're not getting married. Yeah. I think I think I think that's kind of a yeah a knock-on effect. I wouldn't say it's necessarily that 
we're full of that stern stuff. We're going to put up with everything. Yeah. We're going to stay the distance. I think it's yeah. more that... No, we're flighty. We're, we're yeah. now... Ours is the first generation where we, um, you know, we're quite liberated. In, and, mm. and this goes for Ben as well. You feel as though, you know, you deserve happiness. And you, if you're not happy and it's not a great situation, you're not afraid of the stigma of being divorced. Yeah. Whereas mm. I think certainly for our parents, depending on how old your parents are, or grandparents, that generation, you're stuck with it. Yeah, you, you, yeah, you, you, you stuck definitely. with it regardless, whatever the situation was. Because if society didn't judge you, your family or your 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 community judged mm, you. Yeah. So I, I think that's um, whereas it's it's socially acceptable to to cohabitate with someone and yeah. to have children out of wedlock. Exactly, now. and like so the benchmark for us is not like for. A successful relationship is not marriage. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I think for so many generations, to be in a successful relationship, you must be married. Like, yeah. yeah. That was just the way it was. Yeah, but for it was. us, it's like you can do whatever you want. Yeah. But do you think that by not getting married, we are kind of having one foot out the door the whole time? Oh, I'm getting married. Oh, but. wow. Okay. <laughs> 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 I mean, this is all getting a bit tense for me, I'll be honest. Next year is a leap year, that's oh, no. all I'm saying. Now. Oh, no. <laughs> um, but, but as a generation then, Lolly, um, <laughs> if we're not getting married, do you think that, it's, um, that it is just genuinely a finance thing? Or do you think that it's because as a generation, I know what you're saying, staying in a bad situation mm. um, is not the right thing to do, and I totally agree with that. But I also do think that we are quite quick to throw things away. Oh, definitely. You're um, right, yeah. We, 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 you know, we can be quite known for kicking, you know, kicking just the towel it. away. It's like, yeah. you know, I've done it. And I've just I've thought, oh, do you know what? <laughs> yeah. As we say in South London, that's long. I'm, I'm out of here. <laughs> that's long. <laughs> See ya. That's long. Nah, bye-bye. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think, I think there is a, a, a kind of, yeah, I think there is that really. Yeah. Well, I think we're a bit more spoilt for choice as well, mm -hmm. you know, um, yeah. with relationships in the same way with jobs as well. Like, mm. I think there's just more opportunities available <laughs> in this day and age. So I love how she's like, oh, there's lots out there. Loads. <laughs> Tinder. So I've heard. Uh, <laughs> rumor has it. But um, yeah, and I do think as well, the internet has completely changed the game in terms of that as well for us because um, I guess you only, especially from if you think about somewhere that maybe like I'm from that's like a tiny village um, or town, should I say, um, you met someone at school and you only had to pick between the people that were in your town and yeah. it was slim pickings like we tell you um, <laughs> and then and then you, you married them neighbor and yeah, yeah. And the same I think it's quite sweet actually when I hear stories I know like, oh, yeah. yeah I met my husband he lived two, two um, roads you know away or something I like think that. that's really think, sweet it yeah. is sweet it is sweet don't get me wrong you know I'm not saying that kicking the can is the, is the right way yeah but there's I, a balance, I, think, I suppose. I think it's about getting the right yeah. balance, definitely. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think there's a lot of... Um, we do expect as millennials, um, particularly in the job, you, you touched on the job, you know, the job market, and you think that we expect that if we've performed and we've done well, that yeah. we're going to get recognition for that, we're going to mm. get promotions for that. Whereas I think the baby boomers were happy to progress, yeah. Yeah. but they, they saw it more as a, a long-term commitment. Well, if we stay here for 25 years long service... We'll get, we'll get, uh -huh. so we'll get management. Whereas yeah. we're like, well, a job two to three years, anything more than that is a bonus, but it's more than acceptable to kind of move on. Yes. That's the thing. I feel like millennials get a lot of stick for um, 
for leaving jobs, you know, yeah. for, for throwing in the towel and for quitting. But I think, you know, if you're stuck in a job and you can't see any room for progress, you're not enjoying it. I feel like that's yeah. kind of quitting. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's yeah. like letting yourself down if you think there's a better option out there. It's Go and destroy. pursue it. Yeah, I've actually got a quote about this. Um, so it says that 62% of millennials who would, um, sorry, who would willingly leave their employers within the next two years um, to leave full-time employment and regard the gig economy as a viable alternative option. And I thought, that's quite interesting. 62% of us are happy to just leave full-time employment and go freelance. Mm. Um, and is that because that we see people around us doing that, do you think? Or do you think that that's because that's what we genuinely want to do? I'm surprised it's that high I think it's a bit of both. Yeah, a bit of both, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. You think that it's the, I guess... I guess it's, it's hard eh, to get... Well, I imagine. I've not done it. That's the thing. Um, or I tried it one time. I tried a full-time job for three months I lasted. And that's because, the probo like, obviously, after the probation, you have to sign the full contract. And I was like, absolutely not. Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that, I don't necessarily know if that was... I mean, it is now that I am doing what I want to do. But equally, I don't know if long-term, if that was the right decision. Does that make sense? Do you think full-time employment has now got a stigma... Like, oh, you're full-time. Well, oh. I've, I envy I've it always sometimes. been in full-time employment. Yeah. So from the, mm. from the age of, of 18, I'm, I'm 36 now, I've always been in full-time employment. And um, I, so I'm, I'm on the flip side, whereas I, I would love to do the freelance stuff and yeah. I'd love to be able to kind of do the stuff that I really want to do. But you're in a vicious circle because if you're not earning the kind of money, as we spoke about in the previous episode, mm. um, how do you do it? And particularly if you haven't got uh, you know, a financial crutch to, to, to lean on. Yeah. It's very, very difficult when you know, regardless of whether you get work that month, your bills still need to be paid and yeah. you're the only one that's paying them. So, um, so yeah. But I, I do agree. Maybe um, with some people, they do see full-time as a stigma because the, the downside to full-time work is that you can get very easily pigeonholed yeah. and you're, you're slotted mm -hmm, yeah. in there and you're behind it, whether it be doing it behind a desk or whatever it is that you're doing. And it's hard to then step out of it yeah and 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 find the time to do the things that you want to be doing in your spare yeah. time and stuff like that so yeah, yeah it's, it's it's not easy whereas i think as freelancers i don't know if you feel the same i'm as i better my craft i'm like constantly evolving yeah um mm -hmm. and it's like it's very much a journey though as a freelancer and money is a big thing yeah yeah it's huge and i do because i do think that like um being freelance and being like you know your own boss or self-employed it's kind of like glamorized is that yeah right? definitely you know yeah. i mean like people it's like oh i'd love to do oh, it isn't it nice that you're sunbathing on a tuesday afternoon oh, it's like yeah. i'm sunbathing on a tuesday afternoon because i've not had a day off for three weeks yeah exactly yeah, yeah exactly. you know yeah. what i mean yeah. like people don't get it yeah and so it's quite interesting because i do think that it's like become this thing where everyone's an entrepreneur, mm. everyone's got a side hustle. And does that then devalue the things that we are doing within those businesses if everyone's now doing it? What do you think? Um, I don't think it necessarily devalues it. Um, but I tell you what, I think um, social media has a lot to play on that because I've seen so many of these kind of inspirational videos yeah. with these these guys telling you, I was like you oh, yeah. and I gave up my job and I went <laughs> yeah, for it. Yeah. And you kind of sit there thinking, yeah, 
I could do that as well. <laughs> oh, oh, actually, no, I still got to pay that rent at the end. Of it. <laughs> it doesn't matter. So, um, yeah, I think because of that, that's why we've got more people kind yeah. of going along those ways. But I don't think it's necessarily devalues it. I think because it's becoming, it's fast becoming the norm. Mm. So it's acceptable. And a lot of people know that, look, a lot of us have got a side hustle. I think it's important yeah. often to have a side hustle. Yeah, you have absolutely. to. You yeah. have to. You've got to do what you've got to do. I think it's good for you. Yeah, absolutely. But I just think it's crazy because the generation before, like if I said the word side hustle to my mum, I can guarantee <laughs> you she'd be like, what's that? Yeah. Like, what, what? She might be getting worried. A side hustle? Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? She was like, do what I kind of work are you someone? doing? <laughs> what are you doing down that south? <laughs> but like, yeah, it just is interesting because I do think that, we, like you say, think it's the norm now, like everyone yeah. does it. And I do have a little bit of a problem with the fact that you can just set up a social media page and go, okay, so now I'm like a hat designer. And it's like, but you just did, you just started that yesterday. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. like someone's going to buy that hat, it's going to fall Robin's apart. like, they have not earned their stripes. <laughs> no, but it, it's hard. Oh, but you got it. <laughs> But how do they do it then? Well, this is what I mean. Yeah. It's so hard. How do they do it? If you don't start somewhere and... Yeah. You know, somehow... I know, but it's, it's all about perseverance as well because I have people on my Instagram who one day are doing pursuing baking and the next day it's this, the next yeah. day it's that. Oh, and it's no. just like, bloody hell, yeah. I can't keep up with you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, um, Jack of all trades, master of none. Yeah, which I'm all here for. But <laughs> do you know what? It's like, it's a bit much sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and I think it does go back a little bit to like the entitled thing yeah. um, because it does make you think like, do we just think like, oh yeah, I'm just gonna like, I, I can do anything I want, so I'm just gonna exactly. Just the world is because yeah. we were taught that yeah. we yeah. were taught yeah. that the world. Oh, oh you lost, lost your scarf. Sorry. She's right. getting Costume right into malfunction. Hold <laughs> my scarf. It's not a wig. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> yeah, we were taught that the world is our oyster, and that you know we can achieve anything we want. We can do anything we want. So I think with that kind of mindset, we do sit there yeah. and think, well, why should we be stuck? doing something we don't want to if I want to become a I don't know banker or something tomorrow let me see how I go about doing that that's annoying though because yeah. people work hard to it better their craft every day yeah. especially when you're freelance you are like your career like you're your brand so you work every day trying to better yourself mm. because this is you and this is your like whether it be a makeup artist presenter writer mm. anything you are the best representation of your brand so you work hard to better your craft which is so it's difficult when people come and they want to do this, that, and the other. Mm. And I never want to discourage anyone because everyone should pursue exactly what they want to do. But yeah. all I'm saying is, like, work at it. Because yeah. it's, like, it's not as easy as being like, oh, yeah, and when this doesn't work, I'm going to do this. And when this doesn't work, I'm going to do this. Like, if you have a plan B, cool. But, like, if you have a plan C, you probably shouldn't be doing it. God, you sound like my mother. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I feel like she just jumped up a generation. She and she's one of the younger Yeah, I know. Golden Bennett, what's happened to me? <laughs> what are you thinking about it all? Um, well, I was actually thinking of the previous talk with regards to, you know, how valid is a, is a business if it's just been set up on Instagram. I think it is really important to yeah. have an offline business. You know, as a graphic designer, if I, like, if I find a company online that has 20k followers but I look at their website and it's awful I'm like mm, no not buying that yeah. Do you know what I mean yeah 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 so I mean there are ways of, of falsifying it mm. yeah guess. absolutely it's hard isn't it because a lot of the creative um like industries like we were talking about makeup as well it's like you have some of the best makeup artists in the world have not actually trained or gone to like an official school but then that's hard because it's like then how do you value that do you know yeah. what I mean um 
Yeah, I, I, yeah, I feel like I could talk forever about it. Um, it, is, it is a tough one. It, it is, it's a tough one. Um, so I kind of want to wrap it up, sadly. Gosh, has it come to that time already? <laughs> it has. Um, so what are your final thoughts um, about being a millennial? Anything that we've kind of discussed? What are you, what are you geared towards now? Has your opinion changed at all? I love it. <laughs> the end. Yeah, the end. Um, yeah, I, I think it's great being millennials. Um, I like the fact that, um, for some of us anyway, we, we know what life was like pre-social media, so maybe it gives us a little bit more perspective um, when we're seeing things out there. Um, don't fall for fake news. I'll just put that out there as well. There's a lot of fake news out there. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to be a millennial, and I just, I just want people, particularly the baby boomers, to understand that we're not all lazing around drinking Starbucks and, and, and having avocado. Um, avocado toast <laughs> all day and not saving money. We're not saving a lot of money every month because we can't afford to. The end. Amen. Um, yeah, I think my views are kind of leaning towards the positive. I think, you know, there's, there's a lot of negative connotations that come with being a millennial, but overall there's a lot of opportunities. Yeah. Um, it's a pretty good time to be alive. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy. Good. I'm so <laughs> glad we've got many happy millennials. Are you guys happy to be a millennial? See how I feel. <laughs> well, thank you so much, ladies. And thank can you. we give them a massive round of applause? Thank you very much. Thank you. Excellent job, ladies. Oh, now we've got, got our sob sisters. Sister. Sorry. I had one job. <laughs> <laughs> we had one job, Robin. Thank you. Do you want to read it out for us, Ollie? Sure. Oh, gosh. See, I passed that. I'm dyslexic, so, Me you know, too, delegate. It's the wrong thing. <laughs> you got it there? Yeah. Um, what does that say? Wow. Yes. Oh, talk. Should I give it to Cheryl? Got the glasses Can you read on? that? There you go. All right. Trying to talk about what you do when you're just working on things in process and haven't got much to show. That is such That's a good, good question. That's a really good one. Brilliant one. That is the hardest thing ever. Like, um, I've got into a really good habit of not downplaying the things that I am doing. Um, I definitely struggled big time with this when I was a professional dancer because it's very much you're either in employment or you're not in employment. Does that make sense? And so, like, when you're, like, busking a table, serving a burger, it's quite obvious that you're obviously not dancing. And so then you go to a networking thing to try and better yourself and you've yeah. got things in the pipeline um, and someone goes, so what are you doing? And you're like, eh. Like, do you want fries with that? Um, <laughs> so it's hard. And I think that the best thing to do is to kind of put value on the things that you are doing. And also, like, talk, there's nothing more refreshing than meeting someone that's just starting out that's really, really excited about what they're doing. Yeah, the enthusiasm um, that's yeah. It makes, makes such a difference. It's the best. Yeah, so yeah. even if I meet someone and I'm like, oh, like, what are you up to at the minute? And they're like, do you know what? Like, I'm kind of not there yet, but... Like, I've met, like, aspiring presenters. I, like, I really want to do presenting. Um, and I've kind of got this idea for this YouTube channel and whatever. And then they go off on one and you're like, gosh, it's so refreshing because yeah, someone's really excited. To see that. Um, and I definitely never walk away from those conversations like, oh, but are you on ITV, though? Yeah, exactly. Do you know what I mean? Well, like, that's it's an not, important thing and I'm glad exactly. that It's not a that. thing. Because it's tough when you have a No, yeah. it's really tough. Yeah. i probably say finding, like, a tribe. Find a group of people that do 
the same thing that you're pursuing that you can just be really open with because I think that's why like we connected so early on mm -hmm. is like we have always been super honest about everything that we're doing and presenting and just been like oh and then you can go into the ins and outs of it and going through it with somebody makes you feel like you're like less alone and it can be lonely sometimes being pursuing like presenting pursuing creative things when you don't feel like you have a lot to show for it mm -hmm. but finding people who have been through it either before or are going through it at the same time as you is really key just for, for your own sanity often as well True. just and so also, you can like, have that dialogue um, I think going to networking events and meeting people and talking to people um, using myself as an example I mean I've been working in finance for the best part of uh, 17 years or whatever it is so when I first started out doing you know presenting and stuff like that at the local radio station it was a bit difficult to people say, oh, you know, what have you been doing before and stuff like that? And it's like, well, I do this in my spare time at the weekends. I also do community events. And it was kind of the best advice I was ever given was, like you said, to really emphasize and show the passion for what you are doing. Yeah. So my community events, my other bits and pieces, my work here, I love it. And I, I would hope that that comes through when you talk to people and that they can look past the fact that, I don't have a communications degree or yeah. I didn't start from 16 being a presenter or whatever yeah, the case yeah, yeah. might be. I think it's, yeah, it's just being passionate about what you're, what you're interested in yeah. and focusing on that. Um, so I would say it's really beneficial to have like an elevator pitch in mind, which mm -hmm. is kind of if you are stuck in an elevator with someone, someone who could help elevate yeah. your business. I like that. Yeah, it um, is. How, it's such a good really good. How would you pitch it? Uh, which sounds really stuffy, but I'm constantly in situations where I feel like I'm put on the spot. Like, how would you describe your business? What are you doing now? And, you know, it's not about having to find those words in that exact moment. But if you can just kind of go into autopilot, which sounds a bit disingenuous, but if you no, just but have... No, but sometimes needed. You know, yeah. you know what you're doing. Do you and you're know what I mean? So you can so kind of just be like, this is it. Here you'll find me. There you go. Bye. Yeah. No, that is, that is actually... Yeah, and they use that in business a lot as well. So I think that, yeah, using yourself is a bit of a business as well in the creative industry. Yeah, yeah hope that helps. <laughs> Can you just read out the question again? Because I'm going to throw it out to the audience. Oh, yeah, sure. of course. So, uh, trying to talk about what you do when you're just working on things in process and haven't got much to show. Does anyone want to answer that? Somebody in the audience? Um, sometimes I feel like it's best to be honest about it as well. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. um, sometimes, even if your project is in the works, if you kind of oversell it, you start to believe it. Mm -hmm. And then when it comes to the knit and grit, you feel like it, your enthusiasm deflates. So if you're genuinely like just starting a project and you don't exactly know where you're going with it. I feel like it's best to say, well, I've just come up with this idea. It's not all done. Or sometimes just keep quiet because not everyone has the best interests or even wants to know about what you're doing. So, I, yeah, just be honest with yourself and really think about whether you need to share it or if you want to share it because sometimes the process is better to just go through with you yeah. and who you trust. Very true. Love that. Not like everyone I in the boat my supporting hand. I'm, Yeah, I'm so not someone to do that, but I'm like, yes. Yes, yes. No, that's, a, that's a really valid point. I just want to touch on something really quickly. I don't know if anyone knows Bricks magazine run by Tory West. Yeah. Anyone know? Okay, so is it quite a, a big publica publication in London? And um, 
about two, three days ago, she did a post on Instagram about how she's been housekeeping and part-time along with doing the magazine and that a lot of the time people might come across her social media or see Bricks magazine and be like, you know, you're amazing, you know, we see you seated next to all these people in Vogue and you're working with all these amazing brands, but she's like, it doesn't always, you know, turn out in terms of financially the way it looks on social media so she did that post to kind of talk about authenticity when it comes to your journey Mm -hmm. like people sometimes see what you do they see your followers and they don't necessarily understand a a lot of graft goes into it b it doesn't always translate into money you know followers does not equal like one follower doesn't equal 10 pounds it's not how it works yeah Um, and a lot of people out here are really grinding and grafting and have day jobs along with their passion projects and i think there's not there's no shame in kind of saying you know i do this but i also do some other stuff to keep me ticking whilst i work on something coming coming to light so one of my biggest things at the moment is staying off social media when I don't need to be on it. And I know it sounds really cliche, but it does. Sometimes it does more damage than good. Absolutely. I think um, the whole thing of unfollowing people that don't make you feel um, good or positive yeah. is a good thing. If you feel inspired by someone, follow them. But don't think that your journey has to be the same, and don't also measure your level of success um, against what they're doing or where they're at. Because you can blow at forty, you can blow at fifteen years old, you can become you know, really famous at 15 and lose everything at 50. Life isn't yeah. certain. So yeah. it's really important kind of not to measure your, your success up to someone else's and just know that your journey is yours. And when it's your time, as long as you put in the graft and you believe in your craft and you also work on it, time will come the time will come the time will come dun, dun, dun. well a massive thank you to phaedra cheryl lolly and robin round of applause for all of them please thank you awesome awesome so another five minute break and then we're going to be back for the final round which will be mental health and shame so yes please do get our sweets and put some money in our pot because i want to become a millionaire thank you